Sometimes, up on the box, I would fall in love with people. Pretty often, come to think of it, it was easy, given how safe and swaddled I was up there in my cloud of pretty white, untouchable stillness. No commitment. Just this, just now. Just us. Occasionally, one of the more broken-looking homeless people of Harvard Square would approach me, drop a dollar in, and I would offer my flower. We'd look at each other. And sometimes their faces would crumple, and tears would appear. I would look at them. Hi. I see you there. I can't believe you just gave me a dollar. You probably need it more than me. I've been watching you circle this plaza all day, asking people for money, and I hope to God you know that you and I are, in this moment, exactly the same. I never felt guilty about those dollars, though, because there was such a beauty and humanity to the fact that these homeless people were right along with the rich tourists, stopping to connect with me. They saw value in what I was doing. They saw the power and necessity of that human connection. Was it fair? It felt fair. There was something conspiratorial about it. Their money felt symbolically valuable to me in a way that made me swell with pride. They approved of me, and their approval somehow meant more to me than anybody else's. I started to realize there was a subterranean financial ecosystem in Harvard Square involving all of us street freaks. I found it impossible to pass the other street performers, a revolving cast of puppeteers and musicians and jugglers and magicians, or the homeless folk, without giving them my own dollars. Sometimes dollars for my own hat that I'd just been given minutes before. The gift circulated. One day, a really old, raggedy-looking Japanese guy watched me for a very long time. He made himself a little perch on one of the cement benches across the sidewalk, surrounded by rolled-up sleeping bags and a colorless, tattered collection of garbage sacks, and he sat there looking at me with his weathered face. I watched him out of the corner of my eye. After about an hour, he dug in his pocket and fished out a dollar, and he shuffled over to me, put the dollar in my hat, and looked up. Here's your flower. I see you. His eyes narrowed, and he looked at my face, like he was looking for the answer to a question that I couldn't hear him asking, and I just stared right back, and then he nodded, slightly, took the flower, and shuffled away. I loved him. The next day he came back and left a note in my hat. He wanted to know if I would marry him. Don't know how he expected me to answer. And I never saw him again. I wanted to be seen. That was absolutely true. All performers, all humans want to be seen. It's a basic need. Even the shy ones who don't want to be looked at. But I also wanted very much to see. I didn't quite grasp this until I had been up on the box for a while. What I loved as much as possibly even more than being seen was sharing the gaze, feeling connected. I needed the two-way street, the exchange, the relationship, and the invitation to true intimacy that I got every so often from the eyes of my random street patrons. It didn't always happen but it happened enough to keep me up on the box. And that's why stripping, even though it often paid way better, when I tried my hand at it a few years later, just didn't do it for me. I was being looked at, but I never felt seen. 
The strip joint was like Teflon to real emotional connection. There was physical intimacy galore. I witnessed hand jobs being given under tables and lots of legs and tits and more being covertly rubbed at the bar. And um, just another note to my mother here. You, you'll be very happy to know, Mom, I never gave a hand job to anyone at the strip club. I danced for endless hours, stark naked on stage, and talked for even more hours with the loneliest men in the world while pretending to drink champagne. We strippers were experts in dumping our drinks back into ice buckets when customers weren't looking. It was a job skill you actually had to have working at the Glass Slipper. If I'd actually drank all the absurdly overpriced champagne, from which I earned a 15% cut, that was purchased for me on a good night by lonely men who wanted to chat.